0: Hello and welcome to the PopBreak.com's official Oscars podcast, hosted by Marissa Carpico and Matt Taylor. Hey everyone, this is Marissa Carpico, the film editor at the PopBreak.com. I am here with... My Oscar collaborator, uh, Matt Taylor, say hello, Matt.
1: Hi, everybody. Uh,
0: and we are back for another episode of um, the way too early Oscar Pod. Um, we are. This is probably you know one of many times you're going to hear us in this week because the Oscars are coming, and we are doing a, a sort of truncated version of what we did last year and going through each of the categories. Um, today, we're going to do um, best original song and best score, um, which you know. I could see being not one that people are excited about in general, but knowing Matthew here and uh, and I, I think it's I, I think it's one of our our I, it's some often my one of my favorite pairs of car- categories. How about you?
1: Yeah, it's gonna it's the sort of categories where especially song where. I don't care, but like i I have opinions, and I yeah. think it's it's fun to talk about <laughs> they're like low stakes opinions, you know what I mean yes, exactly it's like and it's it's fun like I love talking to other queer people about um best original <laughs> song because it's like it's it's truly it's like it, it on paper should be the gayest category, but it's always <laughs> like the most heterosexual <laughs> yes, right,
0: it should be the gayer category, and I don't understand why it's not um let's go through the not very gay nominees <laughs> <laughs> except for one which is pretty subtextually you could probably read into a lot to it um <laughs> so we're gonna do original song first um the first nominee uh, we're gonna oh i should probably just do a rundown of what the episode is in case this is for some reason your first one of these um we're going to go through each of the nominees, and then we're going to pick our winner, and then uh, some snubs. So um, the first one is I Can't Let You Throw Yourself Away from Toy Story 4 with music and lyrics by Randy Newman, who's written so many Pixar things. Um, I'm, I'm going to read through all of them first, and then we'll talk about each one. Um, I'm Gonna Love Me Again from Rocketman, music by Elton John, lyrics by Bertie Taupin. Um, I'm Standing With You from Breakthrough, which is an Oscar-nominated film. Wow, couldn't have seen that coming. Um, music and lyrics by Diane Warren. That's why it's nominated. Into the Unknown um, from Frozen 2. Music and lyrics by Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez. And stand-up from Harriet. Uh, music and lyrics by Joshua Brian Campbell and Cynthia Rebo. Um, all right, let's talk about the Toy Story 4 one. I can't let you throw yourself away. This is like the – I feel like you can't have – you basically can't have a, an original song nominee list the in the last 20 years without Randy Newman on it, basically.
1: Um <laughs> this is an embarrassing story about myself, well, but oops. I I think it's like it's very important to my take of this song. When I saw Toy Story 4 in theaters back in June, um I like <laughs> was watching it, and as the song started to play, I think in the closing credits, but I don't remember for sure, my first thought was like, Oh wow, Randy Newman's still alive. Like I truly <laughs> If you had asked me before walking into that theater if Randy Newman was alive or dead, I'd say, of course he's dead. Like it's, <laughs> for some reason, that just really is what I thought, and that's like I think it's I understand sitting at the theater like, huh? But um, I'll you know, performance I, of the song, you it could go either way. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny because like it's it's not a great song, nope. and like I think it's it's funny because like even you got a friend in me and like the other one here for toy story 3 i'm just kind of like are they good songs are they like can we all like can we really say they're good songs i don't know but this one feels particularly worse so i'm like i'm kind of shocked it's here
0: <laughs> yeah i don't get that one I, it's it's a it's a no for me dog i it's fine and all but like it does feel like just like they're going through the motions so like oh yeah randy's still around we should uh, we should do that again yeah. um
1: it's like, fine let's do this <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> but like spoiler alert they give him another nomination so he didn't need the both of them especially when there's other songs this year shockingly we to, to the surprise of everyone who probably doesn't, doesn't even listen to like peas during this category we will have extra things to nominate
1: um <laughs> yeah it's just funny like because some of the other songs we'll be talking about were like really being campaigned hard okay. and it Randy Newman was really campaigning for the other nomination he got. So I'm just kind of like, Oh, this one made it like, this is the one that they were like, yeah, we'll go here. When we'll talk about snubs later, there's one very clear snub that was really campaigning hard that I'm just kind of like shocked This one took the spot, but whatever. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the next one.
0: I'm going to love me again from rocket man. Um, I I couldn't have told you that there wasn't an original song in Rocket Man. I really couldn't
1: have. I I have another funny anecdote, but <laughs> about this song. Um, <laughs> um, my parents just watched Rocket Man. Like, um, oh boy. like literally, I think like the day after the nominations were announced. Because my mom called me after watching it, and it was like, Matthew, I just watched Rocket Man. Wonderful movie. Um, what nominations did they get at the Oscars? And I was like, just the original song. And she was mortified for one thing, like very upset on Elton John's behalf. But she was like what song got nominated from rocket man it was it rocket man and i was like what? no that's, that's not an original song and she's like oh i know but like it's the best song in it and i was trying to explain i'm like it's the original song and then she's like well what song was it that was original and i was like the one in the end credits she's like oh i don't know it and i was yeah. like yeah. no one does and she's like i still hope he wins and that's honestly why i think elton john will win because people yes. just Sure. Yeah. Like, your mom is exactly
0: the right, oh, like, basically the demographic of the of the ideal Oscar voter, let's, Exactly, realistically. Exactly. <laughs> and no, you're completely right. People just like Elton John so much that, that that's why he'll win it. Even though I think the song is a snooze arama, I could not like as I was listening to it. I knew I was actively forgetting it.
1: Oh yeah, if you, I like just listened to it like two hours ago to get ready for this episode. Yeah. If you put a gun in my head and told me to. <laughs> Hum this song, I wouldn't be able to. I like, I
0: would, I'd fully be like, "I'm gonna love you again."
1: I couldn't do it. I could not.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I can tell you who sings it, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, it'll he'll definitely win though, because he won. Um, it won the uh, Golden Globe, right?
1: Yeah, and um, he's campaigning really hard for this. Yeah, like, he game. wants this Oscar very badly. <laughs> Well, God knows why. I mean, I don't know. I, I, whatever. Who knows? I, I'm not going to climb
0: into the mind of Elton John.
1: <laughs> and its he already has one, which is even funnier. Like, it's That's like, great. like, it'd be one thing if he doesn't have an Oscar, but he does. So I'm just kind of like, okay, but, you know, there are worse things to like. Yeah, it's very strange
0: to me. It's not like a Joaquin Phoenix thing. It's not like, you know, Elton John sees the clock ticking behind him and he's like, I must win the Oscar now. This might be my last chance. Like. You got one, bro, and for a much
1: better song. For a much better song, and, like, you know, I mean, it's just funny, like, Elton John has not really – if if Elton John has released new music in the past 20 years, I have not been told, and, like, I'm just kind of like, don't – like, you don't need this. Like, don't – you, like, why why is this, like, the thing to – to really go towards, he's writing the music for the fucking devil wears Prada musical. I'm like, go focus on that. Win a Tony for that, don't do this. It's fine. Like save your energy. Yeah. I can't wait for that.
0: amazing. (laughs) but congratulations to him. Um, here's one that is a song that I just, I barely made it through. It's like four minutes long or whatever. And I couldn't, I could barely make it through. Um, I'm standing with you from breakthrough. Um, by Diane Warren. And you know what? It would be nice if Diane Warren won one finally, but you should not. And this song is not great. Uh, maybe it works better in the context of the film. I doubt it's being sung in the actual film. Spoiler alert. Neither neither of us have seen it.
1: Because um, we have some self-respect, shockingly. I nearly did. And then I listened to the song and I yeah. was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> same. Hard same.
0: Um Yeah, and it's sung by Christy Metz, who is in the movie as like the mother of the kid who falls into the ice. Um, But it seems a really ponderous thing. I I can't imagine. I should hope that she's not singing it at some sort of like candle vigil for her son to wake up from the coma. There's just so much that I I have many questions, but I don't really want the answers to those questions. Um, What's your experience with I'm standing with you?
1: This song sounds like a joke to me. <laughs> like, it's, a, it's, it is the worst parody <laughs> of like a best original song it nominee. Is. It's like, it is, and this <laughs> is like not meant to be a knock towards Diane Warren whatsoever, no. who's a legend and for, legend for a reason, but like, the music is so simple and like the lyrics feel like they were generated by an algorithm who like (laughs) had the keywords about the movie's plot. And it's just, and even this is not meant to be any shade towards Chrissy Metz who I'm sure is a wonderful person and is, is a good singer, but like, it's not even like an interesting song to hear. No,
0: it's like, (laughs) it's not, it's like, it's so uh, vocally uninteresting. And like, I don't know. It's like, it's like cool when you're like, oh wow, she can sing also. But like, <laughs> I wouldn't hire
1: her to do a musical. Honestly. Right. It's, it just feels so strange. And you know, there's one of these songs every year. I feel like like four of the five songs, are like this song where it's like, you know, similar to the RBJ, RBG song from last year that Jennifer Hudson sang, where it's oh, like, yeah, the, I couldn't even tell you it was a song. <laughs> it's sort of thing where I'm like, like, are you really a song if no one listens to you? <laughs> <laughs> it's like like who is going to listen to this song and then (laughs) on like a purely oscar level it's like diane warren has never won an oscar which is insane and it's the sort of thing where there are some people who think there's a path for her to win this year because there's no real like consensus beloved song and um she's never won one which is a good narrative but i if i was diane warren i would be desperately trying not to win for this song because what a forgettable song to get your oscar for when you're catalog is prolific
0: yeah and fucking stacked it would be absurd but uh, i I don't know maybe it'll happen it'd be so embarrassing can you imagine like oscar-winning film breakthrough the commercials
1: they would never stop it would be like it'd be so funny it would be so funny to me if it happened and i'm kind of like like let the chaos commence. Let like. <laughs> the chaos chaos reigns. <laughs>
0: um, okay, let's move on to a real song now. Um, Into the unknown from Frozen Two, which uh, of these of these is like far and away the the only like if you were watching Sesame Street and they're like which one does not fit, it's this <laughs> one because it's a real song. <laughs> um, <laughs> like i i we've all listened to into the unknown and is, are you the, you're the one who said uh panic at the disco version is is
1: superior yep. it's i like it more they're both good versions yeah. um i mean like i would love for adina menzel i I'm, i can't wait to watch her perform it like yeah. i want her to reclaim her oscar narrative from john travolta like if john travolta is anywhere near the stage when she performs i swear to god like we should write do a letter writing campaign to the academy about like stop doing this like i think
0: you should put him uh, make her introduce him j- again just because um but again uh, <laughs> chaos reigns man um it's true. yeah it's such a wonderful song and in the movie you're, you're like oh fuck me up frozen because i i don't i get i think i've said it on the pod I don't really like frozen one but this i was like frozen 2 snatched my wig off so like <laughs> when this song started i was like oh i'm gonna like this movie this is this is a problem um because it's lyrically very strong you know it's all character based it's reintroducing you to a character we have you realistically haven't seen in a couple years unless you've got a kid then you've seen it 600 times um and it feels like the same it gives you the same feelings as let it go without exactly repeating mm-hmm. all of the ideas so it's it's just a good song man i'm i'm into it
1: yeah it's like it's very catchy it's um like the no matter who's singing it like the vocals are incredible and um i mean you know i i kind of (laughs) toss some like like i i have like a, a bit of a side eye towards it because like i genuinely think with let it go um None of, none of the people involved who were all very straight realized they were making a song with, like, gay subtext to it. But mm. they 100% wrote this song to be as gay as possible without ever being explicitly gay. And I find that, like, a little annoying. But in general, it's a very good song. It's better than Let It Go, to mm. be honest. And, yeah. um, and you know, I'd be happy with it winning. And, I mean, having Queer Man, Brendan Urie, and Adina Menzel, honestly, singing it makes it pretty gay. <laughs> so it's like, you know... I'm fine with this.
0: <laughs> yeah. Power, power to Frozen 2. Um, the last one is Stand Up from Harriet, which, I mean, I just sort of made fun of the other nominees, but I actually quite like this song. Um, it's very effective at the end of that movie when you're sitting in the credits. Um, and realistically, of the m- movies in here, I mean, except, yeah, Rocket Man as well, um, you know, music plays throughout that and she sings throughout that. So it's not just like they had a, an Oscar or I'm sorry, um, a Tony winner and we're like, we should get her a song. Like, it's part of the character and the, the plot of the film. And I do think the the song is well-structured. Like, it builds in this really exciting way to where there's this wonderful crescendo for the last, like, verse or so. Or, I guess, reprise of the chorus. Um, but it is, it certainly does feel like an Oscar song in a way that, like, makes me want to vote against it. You know what I mean? Like, for me, this category, I, I want it to be given to musicals, mostly.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I love Cynthia Erivo. Um, I've seen her on Broadway in The Color Purple. She's incredible. There's a video of her in concert singing I Can Do Better Than That from the last five years, which is one of my favorite show tunes ever. And it's like I've watched that video so many times. Damn. And no, I just a, like, That is a great video. It's incredible. And she's so good. And I think she's great in Harriet and the song is like a slight notch above like the type of songs we're talking about with breakthrough yeah. of like, you know, there's a world where I could imagine people maybe listening to it. But it also just very much feels like the most generic attempt at getting an original song nomination. And yeah. it's more like I'd be happy with it winning because I, I think Cynthia Arriva will EGOT if she gets it. Like, um which is cool i think yeah she will
0: she will got yeah and that would be i mean honestly that would be why i would want her to win too
1: it'd be it'd be incredible i really would love to see it happen i like her a lot i think Um, she'd be the
0: if that happened i believe she would be the youngest egot winner
1: that's crazy wow um yeah oh yeah i forgot i always that he didn't win for moana um bullshit what won that year? Was that um, something stupid? Anything that
0: wasn't Moana winning that year is, is fucking a hate crime to me. I don't understand it. Um,
1: no, but I, I genuinely cannot even remember what won that couldn't year. Tell you. <laughs> couldn't Poor tell Moana. You. great song.
0: Um, um, yeah. What are your um? Wh- so, what do you, you think? We both think Rocket Man is going to win, right? Um,
1: yes, but it's not like it's it's like a a hard yeah yes it's like i there are there are other routes like there are other ways i could see it going but that's like the the most obvious choice i think
0: yeah i think it's the most it's definitely like it's got the momentum possibly but yeah like realistically like you said i mean there's a good chance for a a good number of these so who knows maybe we'll be surprised and frozen 2 will win Um, god
1: imagine breakthrough winning that i just like
0: i would shut off the goddamn television 45 minutes into the, the show um that's not true. I'm going to see it at a theater. So I have to walk out. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so uh, what are your snubs? Um, I feel like we might have one, the same one or who knows? I don't
1: know. Uh, what's your, what's your snub choice? Um, we definitely have one in common, but, um, the one film that it never really had a chance. it had, it had no chance, but I do want to just give it a shout out. Cause I think it had some of the best original songs of the year is like basically any song from her smell. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what that movie does with its original songs is so interesting because, and what like a movie should aspire to do, and so few really realistically do, where the the original songs for it really do feel like they could be uh, a punk song, like um, a, mm-hmm. um, a riot girl song, and the the real it's so smart because the same people writing all the songs, but you have like the songs that Elizabeth Moss is singing with her band, something she that like they're supposed to be kind of like a washed up band and their music really sounds like something from the nineties that would like be carried into the two thousands. And then you have the, the acre girl acre girls band, which um, the one with Kara Delavine and the woman she's married to now, who name names escaping me. And um, like their, their song in it sounds like what Paramore is doing or something like that. Like a, a girl band of today. And they sound so realistic and they're good songs, but also just like really add to the realism of that movie. And I think that's so interesting and just not done it enough with, mm-hmm. um, with musical, with like, um, movies about the music industry. So I really appreciated that. And I never had a chance, but I do think it's probably the best original songs of the year. If I had to pick one, I really do like the, um, the song Pull Down that Elizabeth Moss sings at at one point it's almost like a monologue it's like she's doing it just with a guitar singing like directly to somebody and it's a very very good scene and a very good song but um watch her smell that's my my main take
0: <laughs> yeah um mine is a movie i talked about you know like nine months ago or whatever at this point um wild rose uh glasgow um no place like home uh which was co-written by mary steenbergen um <laughs> which in, is so uh, cool yeah, which is so crazy. Have you actually read the story on, on how she started songwriting?
1: Oh, yes, I did. It's the weirdest thing. <laughs> it's
0: so weird. So basically, she, she got like an a unrelated arm surgery <laughs> and and then woke up and was only hearing everything in music and like reading street signs and music and like, uh, you know, just everything became music and she was and they didn't know, you know, some weird neurological thing occurred. So she rather than sort of like, I don't know, try to stop that or whatever, she she started writing songs constantly and like um sent sent some songs um like recorded by her and a friend uh cuz she didn't play any instruments at the, time, at the time um and sent them off to uh universal music and then they wanted to, uh, under her mother's name and then they wanted to like you know sign her or whatever and then she showed up there like, she was like surprised um <laughs> which is so crazy and then she's been quietly writing songs for a couple years and like has a home in Nashville now and, like, uh, yeah, they they submitted – people submitted a bunch of songs when they were looking for a song for that final um, note in the film. And um, and then they got her song, and they were like, great, let's do it. And, yeah, it's co-written by fucking Marion Steenberg. And so, like, who knows? Maybe this this is, this is could have been the first time that we saw her, but maybe we'll see her again in a couple Oscar years or something because the song is so. good, <laughs> you know?
1: It's a great um, song. Like, honestly, I really thought it was going to be nominated, and I was, like, so mm-hmm. excited for that. And – um it's a bit of a bummer like it's a lovely song and it used so well in that movie yeah
0: and it's like what much better than half the song 90 of the songs in this category and like yeah and it's so integral to the way that movie wraps up and and there's in the interview where or the sort of article on indiewire at least that like um they interview jesse buckley and and tom taylor who directed it um about the film and they're like yeah it was that song is so perfect and like Part of the reason is because she she approached it from a character standpoint because she's an actress so she understands like what the, what needs to be said in, in this act in this character's final scene and that's why it's so smartly written um, and such a shame that it's just like I don't know it's such an obvious choice to me especially compared to these dogs um, but yeah I don't know
1: Very I really think the. Um it's just the fact of like it was a neon film, Wild Rose, yeah. and they're still like this new studio. And I think they made the the wise choice, honestly, to like focus all their attention on um, Parasite, which is like you know great for Parasite. But it just sucks that they had a great lineup this year of films, and oh. um, this is one of those slumps that just hurts. Yeah,
0: yeah. If they'd had more money, they could have pushed it some more. Um, all right. Uh, any last thoughts before we
1: move on to original score? Um. No, I. I the, it's too late for this, but the academy. I really wish like they didn't invite every nominee to perform this year. Like I'm truly like timing my bathroom break for when Chrissy Metz has to sing oh. the song from Breakthrough. But you know, it's too. Late
0: Hopefully, for that. they do a thing where they make someone else sing or let someone else sing because I just you know I, they do no, that. I don't know. She's
1: going. She's. Oh it, it, no! They all five of them: Randy Newman, Chrissy Metz, Elton um, <laughs> John, Adina Menzel. And Cynthia Erivo are going to be there singing.
0: <laughs> I'm not as concerned for her as I was for um, our beloved Bradley Cooper a couple, you know, last year. But I'm still a touch concerned. Um, can't wait to hear Cynthia though. That's going to be fucking great. Whew.
1: Yeah, that'll be wonderful.
0: Um, all right, so let's move on to original score um, nominees. Are I'm not even. I have no idea. Hilda Gud, Gudnatar or something like that uh, for Joker. Um, Yeesh. Uh, little Women, André Depla, De uh re- Marriage Story, Randy Newman, which we've referred to. 1917, Thomas Newman, no relation. Um, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, John Williams. Um, okay, well, we ha- we're we going to start with Joker just to get it over with. Um, I don't
1: wh- – how about you start, actually? <laughs> <laughs> um, I. The score is – the nomination I have the least problem with, and she's probably gonna win, so I... Like, she okay. won the Globe. So, yeah, yeah, she won the Globe, and I. it's the sort of thing where I'm like, okay, fine, Like, if this movie has to get an Oscar, it's like, that's not the worst one it could get. Um, I do find it very funny. <laughs> I've seen a lot of tweets from Joker fans on um, Twitter after she won the Golden Globes, where it's like, wait, so the social justice people who love joker finder a girl composed it like it's good and i'm just like it's not as shocking as they think it's like it's like i'm like okay like not the point. yeah i'm like that's not like I, I i don't know this woman i'm sure she's a very wonderful person she's a she's a great she composer the cello on the arrival score how bad could she be yeah i'm like she's she's good like it's like but i i just don't get the logic of these joker fans of like I'm like, oh wait, a woman was involved in this in making this movie? Not sexist, never mind. <laughs> like, it's so, like, it's, I don't I'm like, Zazie Meets is in the film, but I still right. think the movie has a problem with race and gender. It's not Zazie Meets' fault at all. Right, this woman There's, didn't write the script? It's yeah, it's like, I, I just it's it, it made me laugh that that tweet made me laugh and i bookmarked it and i was like make sure i talk about this yeah. when we talk about this uh, i this am
0: knowledge. very much of a score fiend i mean i wrote i wrote an article at the end of the uh 2018 season about like what wh- you know my top five scores of that year because i i think i just didn't want to do a like top 10 movies because who gives a fuck um like everybody does that so i did a score uh thing and like this would definitely not make one make mine. It, it's just so, like... Because it's not enjoyable to listen to. And, like, some some scores are um, not easy to listen to outside of the context, but this one is just so samey and ponderous and, like, sort of uh, gloomy in a sort of, like, I don't know, an um, interesting way. Mm. Like, Arrival is gloomy, but it's also interesting. Um, but that, you know, Johan Johansson was... Well, that's what was so excited, but exciting about him as a, as a composer was that like he could do gloomy shit, but it was still really interesting. Um, and this doesn't really go anywhere for me. This score, it's sort of the same phrases repeated too often for me. Um, like listening to it is not as bad as the you know fucking movie, but
1: mm-hmm. I
0: don't know. It, and it also doesn't really. I don't think it adds anything to the film. Realistically, it is there, but like. I, you know, I think what makes a good score sometimes is like is it enhancing the experience, and I just don 't think so, this one necessarily does honestly
1: um yeah it's it 's funny not to spoil our conversation about this um this category i don 't really love most of these nominations there's only one I love, and you could all probably predict <laughs> and um like i'm kind of like, okay, sure, I guess of these people it 's not the worst thing and but I do agree. It is a sort of score. It, it feels like this right score for a movie so weird and ponderous and uninteresting, where it's just like, oh, like it does its job, but it's it's not particularly anything special. Yeah,
0: it's especially in contrast to the uh, next nominee, Little Women, um, mm-hmm. by Al- Alexandre Desplat. Like he's always done great, beautiful scores, but like the wonderful thing about this score is that it feels throwbacky, but in the way that it's sort of that like jaunty piano stuff that you always hear in a period film but like in the same way that the movie itself feels like uh, a new take on something we've done before it, it feels like so fun and interesting or like fun and and um listenable and you can hear the characters in it in a weird way like there's a song called amy um and like it it really does listening to it like recalls her Partially because I've seen the movie so many times now, and like I'm probably just thinking of whatever scene that that runs over, but like it does sound like her, and everything, everybody, each theme, it really does seem tailored to each girl. It's really smart.
1: It is such a lively score. It it just it's so lovely, and I agree. Um, it feels like a score for a period film, but slightly remixed to not feel like. Um, like um inappropriate but still feel different um I think of the music in this in the scene where Laurie and Joe dance together so much it is such a that like that scene is where I first like noticed the music really and I like from and it's just such a beautiful moment set entirely like, there's no dialogue it's just entirely to music and it's one of the best scenes of the year and like the music just there's so many different moments like that throughout the film where the music just like takes over and becomes the emotional connection with the audience and mm. says so much. It's lovely.
0: Well the way it becomes so sweeping in in the last scenes and like in the romantic stuff, but then like sort of drops down as soon as they switch back to like the publisher's office is like is part of what makes that ending so effective realistically. Mm-hmm. You know? Why you buy into both things and why it's like you can you know that the movie is playing around because the music is also cueing you that it's playing around. But yeah, that's a it's a brilliant score. Like and even uh, of the like again I, I feel like this year is kind of weak for scores honestly but like this is one that when I heard it I was like oh this is great I would listen to this all the time and I and I have actually um uh let's move to marriage story by Randy Newman um I get this one more than the other one but um I don't know it's interesting listening to it on its own it is it's cl- so clearly a, a sort of goofy comedy score um that I I it made me reframe the film and be like, Oh, I don't think maybe that film is not that dramatic. Is it? Um, and I didn't think it was anyway, or, you know, I wasn't, I've already said I wasn't that impressed by it, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think I, it, I think the tone is different from the film or different than from what I remembered. How, how do you feel about it?
1: Um, it is funny. I, I, like the score. It made, it made my like ranking of the top five. No, it's a good score. I just mean, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it just feels weird. It it reminds me a lot of like '90s Cameron Crowe movies. Weirdly, mm. like that, like where it's like the music never quite overpowers the drama, and um, it's never like the key part of the film. But like, it does a good job of like connecting scenes and um, creating like a a mild emotional connection with the audience. I I, I see what you mean. It's like the, it is not. It is so not central to the action on screen as yeah. the, as the other scores are, which makes this nomination surprising. But I do like it. I think a, I love the music in one of, my, one of my favorite moments in the movie when Scarlett Johansson's character is asking adam driver for like notes about her performance and she like has like a poker face when he's giving to her then when she turns the corner like the music takes over and she starts crying when she was hiding it and um it's a very good moment where the music is so central i think and um like those moments are i think what makes that score special but it is it is funny and part of i think the overall narrative around marriage story where like no one's quite sure what to make of it as a whole which is is kind of funny
0: no, I mean, it's just like a sloppier film. I think it's hard to f- hard to remember, or f- easy to forget that. I don't know. I think Noah Baumbach was not as good before um, Greta showed up. Honestly, <laughs>
1: like, really, stop. I like his output so much more, um, yeah. a- like after Greta. Yeah, but marriage, um, marriage Marist- it, it, story, having like recently rewatched. Francis Ha and um being part of the Meyerowitz story hive like the the 10 person Meyerowitz stories hive um I I do think Meyerowitz story is like in the bottom tier of his post or his post Greta um universe basically <laughs> his, Gre- his Greta face yeah <laughs> um
0: yeah it's it's, it's fine I I wouldn't I don't I don't think uh, yeah I think I don't know I, I I wouldn't mind if it won but it, it won't you know um yeah, yeah. I think the other biggest contender is the next one, 1917 by Thomas Newman. Thomas Newman by the way is like um this is his 15th nomination and actually he's he's kind of probably going to win it. I, I mean that's like the the prognosticating has sort of shifted from uh Joker to this. Um but it would it would be his first win out of 15. Um and this is like you know who Thomas Newman is obviously, right? Me yeah. <laughs> yeah. But for people who don't know, he did American Beauty, which is a fucking iconic score. We've talked about how iconic that score great is. Great score, great score. Um, Shawshank Redemption, Skyfall, which, I mean, of the bond, recent Bonds, I think has one. Actually, of all the Bonds, it's one of the best scores, frankly. Um, but he also did, uh, the, the first thing he was nominated for was uh, Little Women, 1995. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? That's so like, funny. <laughs> from one Little Women to the next. Um but yeah, uh, so like, I initially was like, "What the hell is this about? Like, why would this nomination be happening?" But then I was listening to it, um, the actual score today, and I was, I was, it's quite good actually, and recalls a lot of the imagery. So I, um, I actually wouldn't mind if this won. Initially, I was like, "No, no, ma'am," but. <laughs> Of the of the five, this and, and Little Women I think I would be totally happy with. And like, listen, Thomas Newman has been doing the work. He deserves one for fuck's sake. Fifteen? Like, come on.
1: It's wild. Like fifteen is a crazy amount, and especially when you look at what he was nominated for. Yes. And sure, there are the occasional ones where it's like no one remembers that, but there are a lot that are iconic. I mean, two iconic Pixar scores with um yes. Finding Nemo and Wally. Like these are big movies. And um the American Beauty score is so good. Yeah. Um no, yeah, I, you know, I'm cold on 1917 as a whole, but the score is excellent. Um, I, I remember, like, whenever it, the score really overtakes what's going on in the mm-hmm. film, it's always a better scene, basically. Like, all the best moments in that movie are driven by the score, and I yeah. think that's really important. And, you know, be, he works with Sam Mendes a lot, and I would love for him to win for a Sam Mendes movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, realistically, they've done their best work together. Uh, Skyfall. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, I think you're absolutely right about that. The scene that, you know, we have both talked about as being the most spectacular is the feat of cinematography and and uh, and music is the the outside flare dark scene. I mean, that that sh- the the score is so big and sweeping then and like so mm-hmm. gosh, just so excellent. And there's not really any storytelling going on necessarily. It's just running, you know, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, it's. I think it's a very good score, and actually, one I, I think I'm gonna put into the rotation. Um, the final one is Star Wars: The Rise of Sky Skywalker by John Williams. Um, and as much as I think that The Rise of Skywalker is a horrible piece of shit that like should not be watched again, um, it's a it's a fine score. I mean, it's he. This is a shit that John John Williams has made a career on. You know, he does it very well, but. I I do. There is something about um, listening to him (sighs) complete a project he's seen all the way through, basically. Um, And there's some good moments in this. Like I won't deny that it's a very good score because he gets to reuse themes that he's been using for you know 40 years or whatever. So Mm -hmm. I don't hate it. I just um, like I'm I of the things this could have been nominated for. I'm not I'm not mad at this actually.
1: Yeah, I um will be honest. Um, this is not even to dig towards Skywalker because I yeah. would do the same thing about Last Jedi. I could not tell you the scar the Star Wars scores apart. If you played like the music for me, I truly would not be able to tell you. Um, no, that's true. I mean, this is the thing.
0: I, this is the thing about all composers, in my opinion, honestly, is that they often repeat shit. Like, and I'll, Star Wars and fucking um, Indiana Jones, they all sound the same. They a lot of it. He uses the same similar chord structures and stuff and like all of them are guilty of this we just haven't had them
1: as long as williams right. <laughs> um i don't hate the nomination because there's really only one score i'm upset didn't make it and mm-hmm. um and then like a few that never had a sh- had a chance but mm-hmm. it's just like it's very much like i'm like okay fine like it's like whatever but um it i i I don't think it'll win. That's my, my main take basically on it. Yeah.
0: No, I think no, no, it won't. Um, yeah, it won't. I wouldn't be mad if it did. Um, although then you'd have like little rise of Skywalker losers being like, see, (laughs) 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 um, so yeah, let's just avoid that Academy. If we can just do one nice thing. Um, all right. Uh, let's talk about snubs. Um, I'm going to go first. Cause I don't want you to steal mine. Um,
1: <laughs> I think, I think we're on the same page. <laughs> is, is it us? Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's us.
0: Um, that's the best fucking score of the year. I've been listening to it since it came out. Um, and, and, and like just sometimes I just listen to the, uh, the pot de part of it mm. because it's, it's like, it recalls the scene so well. Um, and it is just fucking brilliant the way it's taking a a song that is used in the trailer that that is really the basis for the whole score and then expanding upon it in a way that's like so brilliant and and recall and like makes you frightened and tells you something is wrong it's just so good um, why don't you talk about it a little bit
1: yeah it's you know when I when I think about the use of scores in films this year i already mentioned the scene in little woman that i think of all the time and the other one is that the fight scene between lupita and um, lupita. Lupita. <laughs> yeah. um like that music is wonderful and the um the scene when they're on the beach at the very beginning with like the the score really taking over as they're as they all walk it's it's such beautiful music and um so well done i really i i I'm not totally shocked it didn't win or didn't get nominated, but like it's it still sucks. Like it, it's it's a gr- terrific score.
0: It's it's truly like one one of the best I've ever heard. And like I don't I don't understand it. It's, it's worth saying that it's um, Michael Abels is the uh, the composer. Um, it's just so, so good. I think it's insane that it didn't get nominated. Um, do you have any others? Oh, I actually, have another one. Actually, you go ahead. I already started.
1: Um. Let me. I there are a few that I like that don't quite stick out the same way the one from Us does, but I really like um, Max Richter's score for Ad Astra, um, and this this is I, I I don't know how to pronounce. They're a band. I think the Hexen Cloak who did the score for Mids- Midsummer, which I like a lot, and um, I it's a very minor score, but I really like. Nate Heller's work in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, like, those are the three that stuck out to me as just, like, interesting choices where, like, the music at various points really caught my attention in the theater.
0: Yeah, those are good choices. Um, You know, I almost did *Midsummer*, but I... I just, um, I I don't know. I I don't love that film enough to re-listen to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) It's a weird one. I mean, it's it's also just like, some of it is deliberately abrasive. I will say the one song that made me think of it was that, um, you know, the sex song, basically. (laughs) It's like, uh, it's, I don't want to spoil everything, but like, that song is like, it's a joke, but also it's a song and it's part of the score, but it's also part of the, the film, So it's like diegetic. I don't know. I, I think that whole thing is so – it gets one of the big biggest reactions in the um, audience, which is – I was like, is that technically score? And then I looked on the, the, the track <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, it is, it is technically part of the
1: score. It's very um, – it's the sort of thing like yeah, it's not meant to be listened to as you go about your day. But it is, it is a lovely uh, – or like a lovely mood piece for the film.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, my other one is something we have talked about very early in the year, um, that I know both of us liked a lot: um, the Apollo Eleven score, um, mm-hmm. which is a documentary about Apollo Eleven uh, made from, <clears throat> sorry, um, made from uh, only instruments from from the time period. So the whole thing is just like theremins and, um, and like uh, digital, like, like sound editing machines that only would have been available when Apollo 11 took off basically, mm-hmm. which is like a, what a crazy thing to like restrict yourself with, but also like it, it works brilliantly. Like
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's such a surprise. It's, and it's, in the way that we've been talking about with all of these so far, um, it's composed by Matt Morton, uh, by the way, um, it directs your emotions in the way that a good score should. And like, part of it is they are, it's making up for sounds they might not necessarily have in space, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so like when there's that scene, remember the takeoff scene where there's this sort of low booming heartbeat-y sort of thing, like, revving you up it's part countdown part like exciting you up for the for the takeoff like it's one I, of the
1: best moments of the year
0: <laughs> yes yes and it's so good and it, that's it's because that score is just so interesting and to make it make it with you know such a limited so much so much more limited materials is so fascinating and like when the movie ends and and part of the emotion that you feel at the end of it is like even though you know what's going to happen is like part because of what that score has been doing to you, to, the, to the whole film and creating tension and, and finally allowing this sort of cathartic release um but yeah that score is brilliant and that sh- that movie is brilliant and we'll, we'll talk about it again i'm sure <laughs>
1: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. um that wraps up uh our coverage of you know original song and score um There'll be more coming, Uh, who knows at this point. We're doing this all out of order, so (laughs) so anything could be next. Just tune in tomorrow. (laughs) Um, uh, I'm at Marissa Carpico on all social media, and you can find me on The Pop Break, uh, writing something, I'm sure. How about you, Matt?
1: You can find me on Twitter at MattMFU1 and on Letterbox at Matt2. All
0: right. Uh, Thanks for listening, everyone.